Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 95. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach, and we're doing one of our favorite things on the podcast. We're actually getting to talk to a real person, <laughs> uh, which is way better for the listeners than us going back and forth and talking about ourselves a lot. So welcome to the podcast. Um, it, should I use your Instagram handle? Is it Snarky J or is it just J or what, what do we, how do we address you? <laughs> you can call me J, that's fine. <laughs> So we're here with Jay. So she's a cosplayer, cosplay builder, foam smith, which is actually much harder than it sounds. Uh, she's an illustrator, an influencer, and as we've just spoken about, she goes by the moniker of Snarky Jay Cosplayer. Uh, cosplay, sorry. Not only will we discuss a little bit about her journey as a cosplayer, but today we're going to focus on something that I've seen time and again, not only in cosplay, but also, of course, those of you listening to this podcast as runners, you've seen this in the dark corners of the running community as well. And of course, Zach touched on this in, I believe it was episode 63. You can fact check me on that, but I think it was episode 63 where, Zach, you interviewed Catherine Benson and- You were close. It was 62. Are you lying to me right now? No, I'm deadly serious. I just went back and checked my notes, which you ah. know, that's the one superpower I bring to this podcast is Man. comprehensive notes. It was episode 62. Damn it. Well, I was close. That's all right. I wasn't a it part of it. It must be so. a metric imperial conversion, perhaps. It, it might be. It might be. Yeah. So in, in America, that's 62. Um, 63. <laughs> so uh, we're, of course, going to talk about the object, uh, objectification of others, specifically, in this case, cosplayers. And before we get into that, I want to remind everybody, as a disclaimer in this episode, that cosplay is not consent. It's just not consent. I'll repeat that cosplay is not consent and i've seen time and again how snarky jay has to sometimes ward off untoward comments and how well she does it so in that sense she can be seen as a beacon to those who don't know how to handle that sort of behavior when it happens to them having a zero tolerance policy for discriminatory remarks and behavior jay shows us time and again what it means to be empowered to stand up for yourself so we're really really honored to have you here and really looking forward to get into it thanks for having me no worries. Thanks for again joining. So I guess the first thing we'll we'll start off with is we always start off with an elevator pitch uh, with our guests, and basically we would like to know who who is Jay today in uh, in thirty seconds or less. <laughs> Doesn't have to be, oh, but you know. all right. Um, so I'm Jay. I go by Snarky Jay Cosplay. I've been cosplaying for about four years. Uh, I do a little bit of everything: video games, superheroes. Um, I started off from the creative aspect of building and creating as much as I can. Um, and through the cosplay community, I found more confidence to instead um, do more uh, of being photographed and doing podcasts and, you know, panels to teach others how to do things. Um, so, you know, today I do a little bit of everything. And um, what drives me has always just been you know, my love for nerd culture and the need to always be creating. And that's what cosplay gives me. Sure. And and how does that differ from, say, five years ago? Or is it kind of the same journey? I, I'd say it's a little different from, from five years ago. Because five years ago, I think I was uh, really awkward and, um, you know, and not really super confident in myself. And sure. cosplay kind of uh, broke down a lot of walls for me and, and really uh, changed my, my view on a lot of things. Okay. And five years ago, were you behind the camera in the cosplay world or were you starting to go in front of the camera? 
No, five years ago, I was uh, I was building a lot of armor that <laughs> that would hide what I actually looked like. <laughs> right, right on, right on. So there's is that is that because it was uh, just obviously it's a self confidence thing and um, so armor's you... cool. Let's like let's not put that aside. You know, armor's well, cool. Armor is cool, of course. But I'm assuming by the you know building something to hide, <laughs> it has to do a little <laughs> bit with self confidence. It's uh, it's a little easier, you know, stepping out of your house as a as a female who's uh, not very confident, you know, when you're wearing, you know, a helmet and, and a ton of different armor that completely hides your shape. Um, yeah. You know, it's easier to wear that and, and walk around in a crowded hall of people um, versus, you know, putting on a, a leather cat suit and, and walking around. So yeah. didn't really have the confidence to do what I do now back then. No, fair. And so what, what brought it all on? So was it, was it something that you had seen and you just looked up to the characters or was it, did it spark from that self-image sort of thing? Um, I mean, for me, I, I've always been a huge nerd and um, I've always been really into characters and, and, and that's, I think, what, what drives me is, is that whole, you know, watching a show, a movie, you know, uh, reading a book, whatever, and, you know, falling in love with a character and what they stand for. And the aesthetic is obviously a really big part of it. Otherwise, I wouldn't um, bear wearing something uh, uncomfortable for eight hours <laughs> and being on my feet all day. Um, so, you know that's what got me started is, is wanting to wear that. Um, but, you know, I started, you know, four or five years ago and I mean, I, I was in high school, so, um, you know, I was, uh, I was heavier and a, and a band geek back then. And, you know, it was just kind of my, my escape from that. And, um, you know, it was that love for it that drove me to decide, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna better myself for me and for my craft. And um, it's that same thing that that keeps me going in it is just, uh, you know, I love dressing up. I'm a big dork. I love my superheroes and my bounty hunters and all that. And, um, you know, I just want to be them. I want to go out for a day and, and embody them for, for eight hours at a con. Right. And how do you learn to do it, Jay? Because I'm a big geek too, but I can't actually do anything. So the thought of actually designing <laughs> a suit like that, let alone getting in it, escapes me. How did you learn to do all that, like make costumes and design armor and everything? So I'm really averse to technology. Like I hate YouTube and looking anything up. Like I'd rather, you know, cut 18 pieces of foam and ruin all my materials than look a tutorial up on YouTube. Um, but I wanted to learn to build armor for my first uh, cosplay, which was McCree from Overwatch. And my dad was like, I can look this up. So we found uh, evil Ted Smith who builds in foam. And, um, you know, there's plenty of people out there with resources and patterns and tutorials and videos. And, you know, I kind of learned uh, the art of just bothering people on the Internet. So I've gotten for the past five years, like really into just messaging strangers and being like, hey, how'd you do this? Um, and a lot of times in the community, people will help you. They'll be mm. like, look, this is how I did it. And, you know, other people will, uh, you know, they think they're Houdini and they'll keep their secrets, but you know, I'll, I'll learn your tricks eventually. You know, <laughs> it's that perseverance that'll, that'll teach you. You keep your <laughs> secrets. And how did you persevere? Like, how did you deal with failure? Because I'm, again, I'm that sort of person who I try to do it once and I'd stuff it up and I'd be like, well, that's it. I can never do this again. How did you keep coming back to the well and, and going through it in those early years? 
you know, it's it's honestly, I think it's just the love for the character that drives you. And that's one of the things that I pretty much tell anybody when they want to get into it. Um, they ask, you know, how or who should I start with? You got to start with something that you love and that you really want to look at because it's really easy to try building a, a, a breastplate, for instance. And when you've burned your hands and you cut it wrong and it's not looking good to just go like, I don't really care this much about this or this character. I'm not going to bother. Yeah. But when you really love Boba Fett and everything he stands for, you go, I got to build the jetpack. There's there's no other way. I have to be Boba Fett, you know? It's it's that. It's it's the love for the character that uh that that definitely works for me. Right on. And so with with everything, so when when from once you started building your your cosplays and, and getting better at it and everything where was sort of where was that turning point for you was there a moment where it was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start having i'm gonna have a little bit more confidence in myself and now i'm gonna move away from the big builds and where was that moment where you broke through that comfort zone and just kind of started to go gung-ho I would say it was about uh, maybe three years ago. I just really wanted to be Spider-Man. Um, I had gone to a Are couple of events. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I'd gone to a couple of events and seen like all the Spider-Man people like group up and they were all dancing and they looked like they were having so much fun. And I, I, was, uh, I was in my uh, Gladiator Wonder Woman um, concept that I had come up with and I was like man they look like they're having a good time and i'm wearing a helmet i don't want this <laughs> i'm not in the mood for this i'd like to be partying with them yeah. so i ordered one on wish and you know it came in and i was like really awkward about it but i was like you know what whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna put this on my body and i'm gonna go out and i did a free comic book day event at a, at a local store and nobody said anything everybody was nice nobody criticized or did anything to make me uncomfortable and I was like okay yeah I wore this out and the world didn't end and that kind of like I was like all right cool and from then on I started kind of um looking into different uh types of of costumes to be worn then because I realized like the world isn't gonna end because I wear something that you know shows a little more you know and, mm -hmm. it, and it made me a lot more comfortable in it yeah, well, that's that's kind of the key, isn't it? When 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 thinking about breaking out of our comfort zone, it's just that knowledge that it's not generally going to kill us, and it's yeah. it's, it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, amazing. And so, so what are the, what are some of the characters that you that you do cosplay at the moment? And are they are they actually? This is just this is off the cuff, but are, is everything that you cosplay right now everything made by you, or, or is there anything that um, that is majority made by somebody else? No, unfortunately, I don't sew. I don't know how to sew anything. So any piece that anybody asks me about, if mm. I have sewn it, it basically, you know, is just hot glued together and I'm praying it doesn't break um, before <laughs> I drive home. Uh, you know, I've got a, like my, you know, Catwoman, Power Girl, you know, Gwenpool, like those kinds of things um, I haven't made. Um, anything that is armor related though, I build, um, most of my props, I build my wonder woman, even though it's, uh, it's a lot of leather and stuff. I mm -hmm. did most of the work on that. Um, you know, leather work or, or prop building I'll do. I modify a lot of props too. I'm a big believer in buying something cheap and making it work. Um, you know, you, these bright orange Star Wars blasters that, you know, they have for little kids at Target and stuff. You give that a nice paint job and it's brilliant. So, oh, dude, um, I have them. 
I don't think they yeah. make them. They say 14 plus, like I'm 14 plus, so I can have them. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. I've got a pile of them right next to me that I've got to work on this weekend. So right on. Yeah, if it's if it's sewn, it's not me. But if it's armor or or you know anything built, yeah, I I do all that kind of stuff. In terms of the characters you play, it doesn't sound like you're staying in any one lane. It sounds like you're playing mm. across different lanes. And even I heard Gladiator Wonder Woman before bringing them to sort of together into different takes. Yeah. Um, so when I started, I was doing primarily uh, male characters, and I still do a few. I, I'm currently working on uh, Din Djarin from The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, um, you know, a, a redo of him from about two years ago, uh, Winter Soldier. I do... I, I do a lot of characters like that. I just like to feel, um, part of my French, like a badass. <laughs> so for me, anything that looks cool, um, I have certain characters that I gravitate towards, but um, I, I kind of like to do a, a variety of everything. Some days I wake up and I feel like Wonder Woman and other days I, you know, I want to steal somebody's car and I'll dress up as Catwoman, you know? So mm, you uh, do. yeah. I don't really stick, yeah, I don't really stick in one lane anymore. And, and it's, and it's kind of fun to explore those different sides. It's actually, that, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, is that gender twisting of characters a big thing? Because when we spoke to Mike a couple of episodes ago, he was talking about he'd done a, he was, he dressed up as Jean Grey, who was obviously mm. a female character in the comics, but he'd done a male version. And you just said you're doing female versions. Is that a big twist that cosplayers do to get a character of one gender and, and do it in another? I think a lot of people um, do. Because I think, I think, you know, when it comes to, to gender, when you're looking at, at these, um, you know, sort of fantastic characters i think the lines are really you know blurred because they don't depend on you know well i'm a woman or mm. i'm a man you know it's just this is this character they do this you know this is their job this is their motivation so it's really easy to identify with them without having to be you know uh identify you know the same gender identity or anything like that so it's kind of just like you look at you know, this character and, and you like them and you go ahead and figure it out. And for me, I, you know, I like to keep them as accurate as possible. So when I do these, um, these gender bends or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, I, I try not to uh, pick shorts over pants or whatever. I like to make it as accurate as possible. I just want to be the person and have it work out. So, um, you know, it kind of adds its own set of challenges, figuring out how to make it work. But uh, it, it's definitely fun. And I know a lot of people enjoy it. I feel like that's a big one whenever they do it in the comics. Like, I love it when they take a character, like the super in Superman is what makes him super, not the man. Okay. It could be Superman, Superwoman, Supergirl, yeah. Superdog, Superhorse, whatever. Right. But it does seem that whenever in the comic books they do that, like, oh, here's the female version of the male character. Sometimes, like, the female character is coming out and she's in a skirt and she's got a low-cut top. And they do really amplify the sexuality when they go from, you know, male to female. They don't do it the other way back. So, you know, the male version of Wonder Woman would be like a traditional gladiator type guy. They're not putting him in the low cut top and everything. So I think that's that that gender identity or that that sexualization of the characters as you go back and forth is something which it sounds like you're resisting in your cosplay. Yeah, I definitely do. And I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people lean into it and, and enjoy it. And, you know, hey, more power to you if that's if that's what you want to do. Mm. I don't have a problem with it. I personally don't really enjoy doing it myself purely because for me it's like you know uh, a, a character you know from star wars you know it could be anybody under that helmet you know it i don't need 
certain parts to to make or break the character so for me it's like you know i just happen to be the chick in the helmet i don't need yeah. to show you all the reasons that all the things that make me or that drive me to identify as a female or what have sure. you you know i I just want to wear this and, and be that person. So yeah, a stormtrooper um, is a stormtrooper. It doesn't have to be a sexy stormtrooper that suddenly is wearing a skirt and high boots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you want to be one more power to you. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, mm. I, I don't do it. Well, that actually really segues well into what I wanted to get into a little bit. So we're going to, we're going to get into this now. So, okay. As, as a cosplayer, obviously speaking about what we were just speaking about, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of different types of cosplayers out there. Uh, large, small, you know, tall, short, uh, lots of clothes to very little clothing. So as as a cosplayer, how do you feel about the objectification of female cosplayers? Like, I, I have seen so much of just like some comments that I'm just like, what makes you think that that's okay? Like, how do you, how does that, how do you feel about that? You know, for me, it's, um, I have a really hard time with it because... You know, I know a lot of us, um, and a lot of, I think on, on both sides, you know, uh, male, female, you know, a lot of different gender identities, you know, a lot of us want to just wear what makes us feel good. And we want to make what we think we look good in or whatever. So, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's revealing, you know, and um, I'm not the kind of person who, you know, is, uh, you know, super opposed to being looked at if I'm you know, wearing something, but there's a certain level of respect that should mm. be had. And the way that I look at it is, you know, if your mom tomorrow decided that she wanted to be Wonder Woman and, and you know, she went to a convention or, or posted a photo wearing that short skirt because she felt good in it, would you want somebody saying that to your mom, you mm. know? And uh, nine times out of 10, it's usually, you would not want somebody writing what you just wrote to me to your mom and I, i'd and hate to meet that 10th out of 10 person <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well some people just don't have a filter yeah that's fair mm -hmm. enough <laughs> it's a little nuts but um you know i i, I battle it daily and mm. i think it's one of the big reasons why snarky is in my username because i thrive on getting to um give people you know kind of sarcastic uh, remarks back because you know uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the you know uh, play stupid games win stupid prizes you know say something stupid to me you're gonna get a snarky answer back yeah. you know just because it's out there and you think that way doesn't mean you've got to comment it on my page you know yeah. it's it's not cool no that's absolutely correct and you touched on a really good point it's like you know obviously uh, you know cosplayers were were wearing these these suits and these costumes because we want people to look at them like obviously but that doesn't mean that we want you to be trashy to us it's just like not right. cool and I, I must admit because uh, you do you do q a's every now and then and I, i've seen some people just ask about your personal life and I, I just love the answer it's just literally exactly that it's like why do you think that that's okay like don't be don't be crass or what you know uh, i think that that's great and i think a lot of people would would probably be closer to ignoring something like that and letting it slide. Whereas I think if you address it like that, I think, I think that that's great. It's like, lets these people know it's like, dude, that's not okay. Like, don't be, a, don't be a piece of shit basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it, I've had the same practice since I started the account. I look at every DM I get 
every single one. And, you know, I, I could uh, post a photo of myself right now on my story. And if I don't look at my phone for three hours, I will have easily 35, 40 story replies to look through. And every story reply gets acknowledged. Every DM request gets read, mm. you know? And so for me, I put in a lot of time to maintaining that connection with the people that follow me, because to me, it's important for people to feel heard because sure. I know what it's like to have 12 followers and want to connect with somebody that I admired and not get that answer. And I know that it kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, it, I'm not entitled to an answer and they're not entitled to an answer, but I personally like to be able to give that to somebody. Hmm. And so for me, it's like if I've answered your message before and we've chatted or, you know, I've acknowledged or thanked you for a compliment, you know, I expect a level of, of respect in return because I've given you that respect. And so, you know, when you constantly ask, you know, are you? are you single? You know, do you wear these outfits during other activities? You know, these, these rude things that are not what I'm here to be asked. Hmm. It just grinds my gears. And so should I ignore it? Yes, but I don't ignore anything that gets sent to me. So maybe it's immature of me to answer, but it's like, it was immature of you to ask me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and show you that you shouldn't do this with somebody else. I don't tag anybody. Mm. I don't uh, expose anybody for their admittedly stupid questions. But, you know, I will make it known that this is not what you should be asking me or anybody. Sure. And I, I do. You think respond differently. Oh, do you go, Andrew? No, no. I was just going to say, I think that that's I think that that's great that you respond to it. Um, sorry. My question was going to be about, do you respond differently to people who comment in a public forum to the people who dm you directly where it is more private like do you how do you handle those different experiences um for the most part so if you uh the the direct dms actually i will just ignore um i get a lot of messages that just start with hi and from experience those have never gone well um, right. so i like, imagine you've got a bit of a, a spider yeah. sense or a snarky sense if you would that hey, yeah. here's something uh, that's like, not going I'm, the right way i'm not, fast I'm learning that myself that. You know, so uh, for the most part, I won't answer those. Um, certain messages just for me are not worth getting into because, um, you know, I, I it's really easy to spring things on somebody. So you can mm. almost consider how easy it would be to flash somebody when you're showing them a map, you know, mm. like in that episode of The Office. Um, it's really easy to do it like that. And with messages, I could be answering you and saying, hey, I don't appreciate you messaging me. And bam, you've just assaulted mm. my eye or yeah. said something worse and ruined my evening, you know. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those direct um, messages, I just won't answer. Um, but if it is a more public comment, um, if I don't think it's going to offend my younger followers, I will leave it and answer back um, in my traditional way and if it's uh it, you know if it's an instagram um you know like the the q a things i'll put it uh, i'll put it publicly and you know let it be known and i'll censor if i have to censor i'll put a little sticker over it so yeah. nobody yeah. has to be offended by that language but <laughs> i'll do what i have to do fair enough golly that's that's actually a really it's a good point about the messages like i wouldn't have even thought about that because you're right i i've gotten those messages that just start out with hi and you're right nine times out of ten they do not end well um, and I, I just, I would never think to myself, oh, maybe I just shouldn't because I, I don't have any control of what they're going to se uh, send to me further. So that's a good tip for me, actually. Fair enough. Yeah. 
So in, in terms of like, okay, so if now I'm assuming you've obviously gone to cons. Um, yeah. And I'm sure you've seen some things. Uh, it's like you're a war veteran. You've seen some things. <laughs> um, how, how, how do you advocate? How do you stay safe? Like what's what's some tips mm. that you would say to stay safe at a con? Because obviously there are there you, you are now not only – you know, not as it just social media, but now you're actually in the presence of people that can cross the line physically. What what would you say to stay safe at cons? What have some of your experiences been? You know, I, I honestly wish that that it was a conversation that didn't be had, that didn't have to be had, you know, because for me, it, it makes me really upset to have to, to think about that, you, you know, and have to give, you know, I've had, I've had young uh, female followers, you know, 15, hey, I want to get started in this. And that's the age that I started. And it actually breaks my heart to have to give them advice, yeah. um, you know, on how to stay safe. But unfortunately, that's the kind of world that we live, you know, that we live in. Um, honestly, my main thing is I try not to walk anywhere by myself. I'm, I'm never unaccompanied. Um, mm. I, I, I'm lucky to have, um, a large community of, of friends, um, down here where I go to conventions and, you know, I always meet up with somebody I'm never alone. So, and I think that that is, is the most important thing because at the end of the day, and I think for a man or a woman, because I've, I've had, um, you know, male friends be harassed, um, at, at conventions, it goes both ways. And, Unfortunately, it's just more commonly, I guess, reported when it's when it's a, you know, somebody who identifies as a woman. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a challenge. But I think, you know, never being alone. Um, same thing. Uh, you know, everybody tells you when you go out, you know, don't like leave a drink unattended. You know, yeah. I've always got a bottle of water. I'm always, you know, staying hydrated. And I know a lot of other people do. Um, at certain conventions, water is not what's in the bottle for a lot of people, but either way, don't leave that unattended. Um, but my, my main thing is just, you know, don't stay alone. A lot of people um, will test the waters and telling you something nasty. And I've, I've had a lot of uh, inappropriate and creepy things said to me, even in front of other people. But I've prevented a lot of situations for myself by staying next to somebody because you never know. I mean... You know, it's a it's a weird world out there. You know, I've I've had uh, people try and ask me where my car is, and you know, who am I going to be leaving with? All the you know, where's your boyfriend? And kind of yeah. looking around, and it's like, what, what, what do you need to know? You know, yeah. and I've and I've learned that I've learned it the hard way. Um, and thank thank God, nothing uh, you know really bad has happened. But I've had a lot of really uncomfortable and kind of nerve wracking situations that have taught me, like, yeah, I'm not doing these things by myself. Yeah. And what what do you think it is about the cosplay world? And I know these these last couple of questions have sort of been off the cuff a little bit. But what do you think it is about the cosplay world that makes people think it's like because it's not just it's not just cosplayers that wear um, you know less clothing to cosplay their character. It's like everybody, like even the fully armored I've seen. Mm-hmm. What, what do you what do you think is it is about uh, our universe that people think that that's okay to talk to? to cosplayers like that? You know, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think um, as somebody who's very much in the the nerd community as a nerd, you know, I'm not I'm not a, a cosplayer who just happens to cosplay things that are popular. I'm a nerd first and a cosplayer second. Right on. Um, I, I know that a lot of us 
um, you know, my, myself in the past included are a little socially awkward. And I think what happens is, is that it's really easy, you know, when you're socially awkward and, you know, you maybe didn't have a lot of friends in high school or, you know, you know, you don't get out much, um, to feel a little like you don't really know how to talk to people. And I think that combines really easily with the kind of overstimulated mentality that you have when you're seeing somebody that's cosplaying somebody that you admire or your, you know, uh, your crush or whatever if wonder woman was your babe when you were you know 15 or whatever and you're now seeing this beautiful woman in front of you or on the screen dressed as wonder woman i think a lot of people kind of forget where the line of common decency and courtesy lies and they slip past it and i know a, a lot of it is really just it's not out of malice i know a lot of it really is just you know people forget themselves or aren't really sure um there's a lot of it that does come from malice and just wanting to be inappropriate and offend people, unfortunately. Um, but I think, I think that's it. I think it's those two, those two factors that combine and it's a really uncomfortable cocktail. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's from within the community. So, I mean, what, the analogy we draw is um, when we were talking to Kat about the thing that runners feel, she's like, as a woman, when I go out for a run, I make sure I run in pairs. I make sure I run where it's safe but I will still get that car load of guys driving past and they'll just yell something from out of the car. And, you know, that's inexcusable. But there's also a little thing where, well, that person might not be a runner because people in the running community tend to understand what women go through when they go for a run. So a runner is never going to yell that outside the car. But in a con, I don't imagine you get many tourists coming to a con who aren't there to be interested in the culture and the geeks. Like there's no, there's no guys that happen to drive through the con. The con. So these are people the who aren't geeks. Would I? Yeah, um, at least uh, the conventions that I've gone to here in Miami, um, they have often just put commercials out there. Um, And so what happens is that, you know, you get bored families of four who just see that there happens to be some kind of nerd convention going on. And they're like, well, it's like it's like Disneyland. We'll just take the kids down there. Yeah. And so they'll go and, you know, the kids are nice and, you know, you'll let them hold the, you know, your guns for a photo or whatever. But dad doesn't know how to act when his wife is, you know, looking after the kids and he'll make an uncomfortable comment. So (laughs) come on, um, dad. Yeah, I've had very little cosplayers make me uncomfortable. It's usually, you know, the the attendees that are into the culture but aren't dressed up or just, you know, the normies that, uh, you know, are just gross, you know, in or out of convention. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so I guess what if... If, if you were to sum up everything and you were to say, if somebody asked you, Jay, what, what's one piece of advice that y- you could give me when I encounter any type of disrespect in the cosplay community? You know, I, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to, to encompass because there's so many different forms of, of mm-hmm. disrespect. It's yeah, like a box enough. of chocolates. You never know which one you're going to get. You know, <laughs> you roll dice and you'll probably never guess exactly which one you're going to get with whatever photo. Mm. Um, but I would say that that the key is to, um, you know, to just stay confident in yourself with it, because I think a lot of people uh, tend to want to go even further when you show them that discomfort or that they've made you uncomfortable or, you know, that they've made you nervous or whatever. I think the key, even if you're disgusted and anxiety ridden, you know, 
is to just not let that through. I'm a mm. big, I'm a big uh, believer in, you know, playing, uh, you know, playing big dog or, you know, what have you, you know, and not letting people see that they've made you nervous, that they've made you uncomfortable. Um, because I think that that's the game. I think that a lot of people push those boundaries and, and, you know, break through those limits just so that they can see what is she going to do? You know, how, <laughs> or how is he going to react? Yeah. You know, what are they, what are they going to say? You know, how could they possibly understand, you know, and when you don't give them the satisfaction, you've just taught them, you know, well, I didn't get very far when I did that. Now, did I, you know, that, that for me, I just want to take away the satisfaction. I want to make it so that I've made this uncomfortable for you. I've embarrassed you, whatever it is, so that you don't go and do this to the next girl at the next table. How, what's the percentages of it, Jay? Like how much of it is this guy's creep or this person's creeping on me? It just feels weird versus they've made an actual comment versus, and I assume, unfortunately, there's also been instances of physical uh, people have crossed the line of being inappropriate that way as well. How, what, what's your been your experience in terms of the way those have broken down? You know, um, I've actually been lucky enough or, you know, maybe the community is good enough that I think maybe it's like 80% just normal comments, you know, um, that you may or may not like as much, you know, not, not everybody takes well to, you know, being, uh, you know, just talked about their looks or, or whatever. Um, but a lot of it really is just kind of tame or just, you know, socially awkward and, and friendly, you know, um, but it's, it's about 20% that is that is awkward and, and mm -hmm. uncomfortable luckily for me i've had very few um physical situations i have uh friends and acquaintances that have not been so lucky in the community unfortunately um but you know it's uh it, it's kind of a, a roll of the dice depending on what time it is what convention it is where the convention is you know it's uh it, it's it's never really easy to just gauge exactly you know numerically what it's going to be and physical could take any form. It could be someone who holds a hug too long in a photo to someone who, you know, outright tries to pull you off somewhere. So it's a huge. Anything that's unwanted physically is, you know, abuse. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge, huge range. And, and I think what happens is that a lot of people forget themselves. You wouldn't do this to somebody at a mall. So yeah. why are you going to do it to me? Because I'm in costume. And yeah. that's. And that's one of those things that I love um, some people that I've had, you know, walk up to my table or have seen me walking the hall. You get some people that will actually, you know, ask you for a photo and they'll be like, can I put my hand on your shoulder? And that question to me, I actually make it a point anytime somebody asks me that to actually thank them after the photo for asking me because it's such a normal thing. And I wouldn't be offended if somebody put their hand on my shoulder. Sure. But a lot of people consider a hand on the shoulder and a hand dangerously low on your waist the same touch, mm, and it's yeah. not. So for me, I appreciate somebody taking, you know, the initiative to be polite and make me comfortable before they take a photo so much um, that, uh, I mean, that's that's like the main physical thing I've had is the creepers who want to grab you too weird for a photo mm. or, you know, when you're Catwoman, they'll put the whip around their neck. And I'm like, that. Uh, that's that's not this kind of event. I don't know where you think you are, but we're not doing this here. Relax. I don't know you. We're not doing this. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a couple of interesting points. Yeah, a I think I think because I've actually been listening to a couple. Uh, I was listening to Cosplay Stitch and Seam 
Uh, that's another podcast about cosplay, and they were it was a photography episode, I think, and there was a big segment on asking people's permission to touch them anywhere. It's a good idea. Like, I mean, don't ask them permission to touch them in silly places. Don't be a jackass. But you know, if you want to put your, it's always a good idea to ask permission. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 such an interesting. I don't know if interesting is the right word, but it's always my go-to word for those of you who have listened to this thing for the long haul. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> um, it's it's just interesting to me that you're right. People wouldn't do this at a mall, but it's almost as if they feel like because it's a fictional character, there's no consequences if they cross the line. I'm sure mall Santas would have some stories. I'm sure some mall <laughs> Santas would have some stories, you know, late on uh, Christmas Eve. Right on. <laughs> That's probably you're probably right, actually. Um, so, look, but before we start to wrap up with the last couple questions, I do want to say to everybody: Look, we have of course touched on some darker corners today in the cosplay community, but overall, the community is really an awesome thing. It's brilliant to be part of. There's some amazing people there, so don't be don't be thinking that it's it's full of of this craziness. It is, of course, out there, and you have to be careful and you have to watch out for it. But it is, it is a fun community to be part of. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't do it. Um, you know, just like anything else. So just know that there is a lot of good in there and that these dark corners are just that. They're dark corners that don't make up a majority of, of it, thankfully. Um, so I guess what I would say, going in and part of one of my last questions to you, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself five years ago, knowing what you know about everything now? Um, that's, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, because I think I'm, I'm such a vastly different person now than I was five years ago. But um, the way I kind of look at it, and, and I've told a lot of, you know, the younger people that, that follow me or have, you know, come to my panels. Um, at the end of the day, you're your own biggest obstacle. And I was my own biggest obstacle for a long time. You know, it's really there's nobody else telling you, you can't be Spider-Man. You can't be Black Widow. You can't go out and wear this. You know, you can't make this. Um, you know, there's nobody that's going to say that to you. I've never gone to a convention and had another cosplayer walk up to me and go, I don't think you're a very good Black Widow because I can tell your eyes aren't blue. Like, I've, I've never had anybody say that to me. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Sure. It takes all kinds. But I've never had that happen and i spent a really long time wanting to do a lot of different builds and a lot of different looks and just telling myself yeah you can't do that because you don't know how to do makeup or you don't know how to fix a wig or whatever and the only way to get past that is by giving it a shot and and i think that a lot of um you know young cosplayers and people that want to get into it um you know face the same thing and, and i would say that you know you're your own worst enemy you're your own biggest obstacle and your own worst critic and you're never get a learn or, or get anywhere if you don't just give it a shot. How do you prepare yourself, Jay, to, to do different characters? When we were talking to Mike um, earlier, he was saying when he's, he, he wants to play Shazam and so he's looking to put on like a whole bunch of size because he wants to be big when he does Shazam. But then he was talking about getting into yoga because he wants to do Spider-Man. And so, you know, he wants to be flexible for things like that. If you think about characters like Catwoman versus Power Girl, they're both female, but in the comics, they're very different physical representations. Power Girl is enormously strong and powerful, whereas Catwoman is that more, you know, agile type stuff. Do you, you know, prepare differently when you've got a con coming up to play a different character? Or do you let the, the costume and your craft do the heavy lifting for you? Or what's the differences there? 
So I actually, um, <laughs> I'm very much like sedentary. So whatever I look like <laughs> is what I look like in anything. Um, but with regards to preparing to be a character, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I love everybody that I cosplay pretty much. So if it's a video game character, I, I did a lot of cowboys like McCree, uh, John Marston and Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption or, nice. um, you know, Catwoman, Wonder Woman. I'll watch whatever it is or, or, you know, play a couple hours or watch an episode or something. Because for me, I've always kind of, I've always had, had that love for the character. But mm. for me, it's so much more refreshing when I can watch it, you know, or play it the day before and kind of have that mentality in mind. And, you know, um, it's a little tangent I'll go off on. But, you know, I, I, uh, I went to Megacon last year for the first time, my full Winter Soldier, and I was really um, stoked about it. And so I watched Winter Soldier the night before we drove up to Orlando. And um, I remember I was, like, really uncomfortable because the nature of the costume kind of muzzles you and makes you be really stiff and unhappy because it's Florida and you're the Winter Soldier. <laughs> but um, I had, you know, the movie and the music and all this stuff in mind because it was so fresh. And I had somebody walk up and was like, dude, like, I know you're a chick, but you look just like him, like you're embodying him. And that to me is like my greatest pleasure. So um, that's kind of how I prepare for it is just let me look at the source material, get it in my head and put myself in that mood, which is kind mm -hmm. of awkward when, you know, Friday, you're Catwoman and then Saturday, you're Boba Fett and, <laughs> you know, Sunday, you're Wonder Woman. But you know, you just get an hour of each one before you go and you're set. Will you rehearse moves? Will you practice poses and stuff beforehand? Or do you just sort of get out there and, and do what, because, you know, muscle memory and having done stuff before versus just trying to make it up on the flow is very interesting to me. How do you approach that? No, I actually do practice poses, which is always like really weird for me, like standing in front of the mirror, um, sometimes in like, you know, half a cosplay or whatever and trying to figure it out. Because I hate when you go to a convention and you feel really good and then you look at the pictures and you're like, oh my God, is that what I look like? And that happens to me all the time. So I'll stand in front of the mirror, sometimes even when I'm in the cosplay before I leave my house and I'm like, okay, it looks good from this angle. So this has to be the side. So if a photographer comes from the other side, ask them nicely to switch, um, you know, I'll practice poses. For me, a lot of it is, is honestly, I have um, some poses that kind of, you see the same style regardless mm. of who it is because it's just a little bit of me coming through. Yeah. You got to um, stick with what works. But, I mean, if it makes you feel comfortable, you got to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. But there's definitely an element of practice. Yeah. And, and now in terms of like a little bit more logistics with it in terms of, uh, say, as, as a social media personality, I'll say, uh, influencer sort of thing, what if, if somebody were to ask you, you know, what's the most important quality to strive for for when entering the world of social media and, and wanting to become an influencer or wanting to become a cosplayer that, that dedicates so much time to their craft, what would you say is a really important quality to strive for in terms of like attitude, self-care, that sort of thing? You know, I, I honestly, it's, it's kind of a tough theme for me because I didn't think I would get this far. Like I honestly didn't get into Instagram thinking that I was, you know, ever going to have a following or, or be, I guess, relevant, if you wanted to use that word. No. Um, that was never the goal. And, and it kind of just happened. Um, but I would say that it's really important to do what you want to do for you. And I guess that that's, um, 
if I had to put it in a word, I guess, you know, just uh, being genuine about it. Because I know it's really easy to, you know, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I keep going back to him, but I, I have uh, my Boba Fett and my Din Djarin helmets like looking at me right now. So my mm. mind keeps going back there. But it's really easy to see the Mandalorian blowing up right now and go like, yeah, well, you know, everybody's doing that cosplay. So, you know, I should jump on the bandwagon for the insights and, you know, everybody's doing it so I could participate in the hashtags and all this stuff. Mm. But if you don't like it, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because you're going to post the pictures and you're not going to be excited about it. And you're not going to share the same excitement that other people is, are going to share. You know, it's not going to be something that you want, you know, and it's going to be a waste of your time, a waste of your money and a waste of your energy. Yeah. And I think it's easy to get swayed. Um, it's, it's that kind of community, you know, where you see, you know, certain types of growth or, or trends or whatever. And I think that jumping on those, unless it's something that you really enjoy, is 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 never the way to go. You got to stay true to what makes you happy and what makes you feel good, yeah. because you know if you let yourself be swayed, it's it's really easy to just end up unhappy and, and comparing yourself to people and and for what you know we all bring something to the table, and I think it's important to to recognize what you bring to the table. Right on, love that. And so my final question before we get to the before we get to talking about where people can find you, uh, which is a which is a kind of breaking the barrier uh, tradition, uh, I will ask you, Jay, what would you attempt if you knew you could not fail? Ooh, that's cool. Um, wow. If I knew I couldn't fail, I would probably put together a female Iron Man suit. Right on. Um, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of people do it and, and, you know, I like things with lights and moving parts and stuff like that. I'm fascinated by it, but I don't get technology, like I said. So um, for me, everything has to be like really rudimentary and like duct taped together on the inside. Like none of my helmets, it can actually see through, you know, it's all a nightmare. So, but if I knew that I was going to wake up tomorrow and just have unlimited funds and 3D printers that would just print everything and it would be smooth and I could make everything move. Yeah, a female Iron Man suit because I've been wanting to see one in person for a really long time and the male Iron Men just, they, they freak me out. I'm, I'm, I'm always fangirling over them. Fair enough. That's not, yeah, you're right because there's not a lot of female Iron Mans. There's a lot of rescue. Rescue's yeah. got done. And there's no, weary... Nice. And it's Riri Williams, Riri Williams now, Iron Heart in the comic books. So she's a character which I think is getting a bit of play. So yeah. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, Jay, where can where can where can we point people to go to find a little bit more about you, learn about what you do, and uh, maybe check you a follow? So I am on Instagram at snarky j j a y cosplay. Um, my Twitter is snarky j the letter j cosplay. Um, I'm on Facebook at snarky j cosplay as well, and I. I think that's all my channels, actually, <laughs> which sounds unimpressive when you put it that way. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Ah, well, it's pretty impressive. I mean, any more than one, I think today is is pretty pretty impressive because there's just so many. You know, a mutual friend of ours, Scotty B, over Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary, he's always talking about all these different platforms that you can be part of, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I'm not gonna do ten platforms. Are you kidding me right now? I can barely do two. I'm older um, than you guys. I just try and keep up with my email. Zach's just like. <laughs> Is that an Instagram? Yes, Zach, that's an Instagram. Yeah. yeah, Andrew needs to keep sending me links to the Instagram because I call it the Instagram because I'm that old apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. Well, look, Jay, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and chatting with us. Uh, we, we've 
gotten so much out of it. Such a great, such a great time talking to you about how you can stay safe, how you can stand up for yourself and, and really, really thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to say thank you again to Snarky Jay Cosplay. So thank you, Jay. That was a great conversation. Great speaking to you about some of the issues that are there in the cosplay community. But I do want to take a second to tell everybody that, like I said before, the cosplay community is an amazing place to be. There are some extraordinary people out there to meet. And I will say, if it is something that you're looking at doing, I highly recommend it. But even though those dark corners are just that, and it is rare, I will reiterate again, they are there. So you do have to be careful. Tread carefully, just like anything else. But I will say that from speaking from experience, I have met some of the most wonderful people in the cosplay community, and I've made some extraordinary connections, and I would not change it for the world. So I want to take this time to thank everybody out there in the cosplay community who do follow the rules and who are appropriate. You make the cosplay community fun and you make it a great place to be. So again, if it's something that you want to do, I highly recommend it. So look, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast where Zach and I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. Thanks again so much for listening and we will catch you next time.